the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You have faith in Jesus Christ. That's good. Is it enough? We need to be adding to it. What we add is the subject today on Times of Refreshing. Hi there and welcome. This is Times of Refreshing with Pastor Napoleon Kaufman from The Well, a Christian community here in Livermore, California. Today we're in Genesis chapter 1, looking at verses 27 through 31 in a message simply called Adding to Your Faith. You know, it's not enough to simply say, I believe, and call it all good. There's got to be a response to that belief. There's got to be an action that's teamed up with that faith. James talks about it, doesn't he? Well, let's take a look at Genesis 1 and see what we can find there when it comes to adding to our faith. With today's broadcast of Times of Refreshing Now, Pastor Napoleon Kaufman. The title of my message this morning is Adding to Your Faith. God wants us, and we're going to see this here, God wants us to be fruitful in life. And there's a faith aspect to uh, to, to being fruitful that really is the catalyst for, for everything that God's going to do in our life. It starts off, we have to be people of great faith. But we've got to learn to add to our faith, and we're going to get that to that. But I want to just show you here in Genesis chapter, chapter 1, verse 27. Look what it says here. It says, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created man. He created him. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them. And God said to them, be what? Fruitful. He said, be fruitful. The the Hebrew word there for fruitful, it means to flourish. How many want to flourish in your life? It means to flourish. It indicates multiplication and successful production. Okay? It means to be to flourish. It indicates multiplication and successful production. God wants us to be successful. He wants us to produce. Um, he wants us, even within the context, and we know part of the context here is he wanted them to reproduce after their own kind, to have children. That's part of production. But in every area of our life, He wants us to be fruitful. And we're going to see as we go down here. He wants us to subdue. He wants us to advance. He wants us to go forth. And it doesn't mean that you won't have times where you're in a lull of sorts and you're you're not going as fast as maybe you would like to go. There's going to be times when in order for you to go forward, you have to take a step back. Subtraction is also a part of multiplication sometimes when you're walking with God. He'll subtract. He said he'll prune the tree so that it might bring forth much fruit. 
And so for all of us, there's going to be moments like this, but the, ultimately we got to see it in our mind that, wait a minute, God wants me to be successful. He wants me to multiply. Look what he says here. He says in verse 28, then God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over every living thing that moves on the earth. And God said, see, I have given you every herb that yields seed, which is on the face of this, the, all the earth and every tree whose fruit yields seed to it. You shall it shall be for food. Also to every beast of the earth, to every bird of the air, to every thing that creeps on the earth in which there is life. I have given every green herb for food, and it was so. It says, then God saw everything that he had made, and indeed it was very good. So the evening and the morning were the sixth day. He said, be fruitful. It's to flourish. It indicates multiplication, successful production. Are you productive? Am I productive in life? This is something that we got to get in our mind. And I don't mean just in terms of just natural stuff. In my spiritual life, am I productive? In my relationships, am I productive? When it comes to me, uh, you know, in, on my job, am I productive? When it comes to my prayer life, am I productive? When it comes to mer- worship, am I, am I productive? When it comes to my marriage, am I pr- is my marriage productive? Are we going somewhere? Is it getting better and better and better? Are we growing and maturing? These are the things that we have to see within our minds and, and, and see within our hearts. It, this, is, this is part of the goal that God wants me to be productive. There's going to be times when I take a step back or I get hit with some stuff and I go through some moments and I go through some seasons in my life. But ultimately, I have to see that God wants me to progress. I want to be getting better and better and maturing in my relationship with God. Am I being productive and fruitful and am I multiplying when it comes to the knowledge of who God is? And we're going to see this here. Am I getting, am I getting better? Am I, am I knowing him more each and every day? And I be, am I becoming more and more acquainted with him? Am I becoming more sensitive to the influence of the Holy Spirit in my life? Am I beginning to see him active and alive in my life in various areas? This is a part of what God is looking for when it comes to fruitfulness. It's just not how much money I have in the bank. It's life. He wants us to be made whole. That means every area of our lives, I want to be maturing and growing. I want to see God do something. I want to advance. He told them to be fruitful and to multiply. Go forth. Do something. Make it happen. Subdue. Do what I'm asking you to do. This is what God's heart is all about, and we need to see this. In Colossians chapter 1, he reiterates this. Let's go to Colossians chapter 1, verse 9, on down to 12. Look what it says here. Verse 9 on down to 12. And especially when it comes to, to the knowledge of who, of who God is. Fruitfulness. And in every good work. He says here in verse, in verse 9. Colossians chapter 1, verse 9. He says, For this reason we also, since the day we heard it, their love for one another and love in the Spirit. He says, We do not cease to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled 
with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding. He said that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work. Being fruitful in every good work. Somebody say every good work. And every good work, being fruitful in every good work. I want to be fruitful in every good work. That when it comes to every good work, we as a church are fruitful. You as individuals are fruitful. Your family is fruitful in every good work that you're multiplying, that you're going forth, and you're successfully producing in your life. This is a part of God's heart and his plan. He says it here in every good work. He says, and increasing in the knowledge of God. And increasing in the knowledge of God. Strengthened with all might according to his glorious power. For all patience and long-suffering with joy. Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. He says, strengthen with all might. Strengthen with all might according to his glorious, glorious power. Now watch this. He says, for all patience and long suffering, he says, with joy. So as you're multiplying, as you're going forth, as you're becoming fruitful, as you're doing these things, He's strengthening you with might, and he's doing it so that when it comes time to have patience and long-suffering, you're able to, to exhibit those characteristics with joy. Oftentimes, we go through it, but we don't go through it with the right attitude. We have a lot of murmuring and complaining, but I, I just want to reiterate that this is what God's looking for, for us to be fruitful in every good work. But the key is making sure that we stay in this realm of faith, that we stay in this realm of faith. And for, often, for a lot of us, it's not a matter of just knowing, it's a matter of now putting that which I know into action and into practice. That as I'm going forth in life, I know there's going to be moments in my life and I know God wants to produce. I know there's a faith element, but we can't, now I just want to say this, saints, we can't just stop at knowing and having faith. It has to turn into action and it has to be, things have to be added to it. Okay? And this is where I really wanted to get to. And that is 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 5 on down to, to 8. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 5 to 8. I wanted to clearly communicate that God wants us to be fruitful and multiply. He wants us to be fruitful and multiply in every good work. He wants us to have faith, which is the catalyst. But then, oftentimes, we stop there and we say, God, why isn't something happening? And God is going to show us why. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 5, on down to 8. Going to add to my faith, which is the catalyst for being fruitful. And this is what I'm going to add. Look what he says here in verse 5. He says, but also for this very reason, he says, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue. 
to virtue knowledge, to knowledge self-control, to self-control perseverance, to perseverance godliness, to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness love. For if these things are yours and abound, you will neither be barren nor what? Unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So as I'm growing and I'm becoming fruitful in all areas of life, and especially when it comes to the knowledge of who Christ is, I have to be willing to add to my faith which sets in motion something and it guarantees me that I will not be unfruitful when it comes to who Jesus is and what he's really trying to accomplish. He says, but add to your faith, he says, virtue. Somebody say virtue. Virtue is moral excellence. Moral excellence. That when it comes to us from a moral standpoint, we're getting into this realm of excellence because of the power of God and, and how his, this power is reflected in our lives. God wants us to have moral excellence. And there has to be this kind of um, uh, conviction within us that we're not willing to have success by compromising our morals. Because you can have success from a worldly standpoint and not have success in the sight of God. And we add to our faith, which ultimately is going to lead to more fruitfulness, we add to our faith virtue, moral excellence. And I like this. This word also, it means goodness in action. So it's not just a state or a condition. Now it's lived out. It's goodness in action. The scripture says this. He who practices righteousness is righteous. That's what it says in 1 John. I've been studying in 1 John chapter 3. He says, he who practices righteousness is righteous. So your positional righteousness has to turn into experiential and active right righteousness. It can't just be positional. And so here, I like this, virtue is goodness in action. It is moral excellence, goodness in action. God wants us to have this, and we have to add this to our faith. Many people say, I have faith, and I'm believing God to, be mul to multiply and to be fruitful and to do this and to grow in the knowledge of who God is. I'm, I'm, I'm believing God, and I have faith that he'll do it. And God is saying, but do you have virtue? Are you putting that which you are learning into action? Is, is moral excellence becoming a part of your life? This is what God is looking for. He says, and add verse 5, he said, add to your faith virtue, and to virtue, he says what? Knowledge. And I like this because this word knowledge, this, this word knowledge in the Greek, it is a combination of having theoretical and a experiential experience. So it's not just what you know, it's now also what you're experiencing when it comes to your gnosis or knowledge. For all of us here, it, it has to be both. I, I know him and I have knowledge of him and my experience with him is confirmation. This is what has to happen. It has to go from just being on the pages to now he's become alive to me. That Jesus has become, I know him. 
How do you know him? I, I know him based on what he said through his word, but what he said through his word has caused me to have this experience with him. I know him. Do you know Jesus? Yeah. Have you ever seen him? No. But I've experienced him. He's alive in me. Can't you see? And what happens is your, your experience begins to flow together with the knowledge that you have scripturally. And what happens is now there is a, a union of sorts from a knowledge standpoint that cannot be refuted. You know him. He's become alive to you. And what he's saying is you have to add to your faith now experiential knowledge. That I have knowledge. I know, I know him from a doctrinal standpoint. But now he's, come, he's become real to me. And for all of us, this is just because you don't see someone doesn't mean that you don't know them. And he's, he's alive. He's alive in us. He speaks to us. He walks with us. He protects us. I mean, he's, it's, and I think sometimes we lose sight of this. We, we, we just become saints. We got to get to know him. And we just sung about this. If we draw near to him, he'll draw near unto us. And for, for us, it is, it is a blessing when we add to our faith this kind of knowledge. And this knowledge helps us to discern the counterfeits. When you study the real dollar bill, when a counterfeit gets in your hand, you're able to discern this is not, this is not right. And it's the same thing. The more we get to know him, that, that doesn't sound like the Jesus I know. That, has, that through his word has revealed himself, but then also experientially confirms what his word has said. Through his activity in our lives. Saints, we have to add to our faith. We can't just say, I have faith. You have to add to your faith. If you, if you and I want to become fruitful, we have to add to our faith knowledge. That means we need to study the word. We need to pray. We need to get alone with Jesus. We need to get, get to know him. Ask him questions. And he may not come down and say, this is the answer. <laughs> but but he has his way of confirming to you and revealing to you that which is right. And so for all of us here, it's important that we add to our faith knowledge if we're going to become fruitful in the knowledge of who he is and fruitful in life in general. He says not only knowledge. Look what he says in verse 6. He says to knowledge, he says what? Self-control. How many know we all need this? We need to add to our knowledge now self-control. Through our relationship with God, he teaches us how to control self. If you're going to be controlling in your life, control you. Can I have an amen? Stop trying to control everybody else. That's the thing that just bothers me sometimes. You, you meet with people and they, and they try to be controlling and you look at their life and say, well, why don't you control you? Don't try to control me. You can't even control you. <laughs> and what happens is, saints, we have to learn that this is a part of something. He says, you add this to your faith, self-control. We learn through the influence of the Holy Spirit how to keep ourselves 
under control. He does it by his power. He, he empowers us to do it. We can't do it in our own strength. He empowers us to do it, but we learn to have self-control in our lives. And I guarantee you, God will give you plenty of opportunities to practice this. <laughs> Can I have an amen? amen? Come on, look at your neighbor and tell him, amen. amen. He will give you practice every day. Every day. He'll give you practice. We have to learn to take those opportunities to practice. To say, God, I, this is, oh, Lord, thank you for this good opportunity to practice self-control. Thank you, Lord. Especially if you have kids. Thank you, Jesus. Great practice. Or on your job, in your marriage, in life, at the church. I do it every week with the air conditioning unit. <laughs> Lord, thank you for practice. So what happens is, saints, we, we learn that this is a part of something. If we're going to be fruitful, understand we can sabotage our fruitfulness by, by not possessing self-control. You can stop the progress that God's trying to give you that you might be... You can stop the progress just by responding the wrong way to a situation. Oftentimes people, oh, they fired me. They let me go. Well, what happened? I don't know. They were just hating in there. They were just some haterade on the job. And, and I don't know why they did that. But what would you do? Uh, I didn't do nothing. Well, did you do something? I did something. But the Lord knows my heart. And you know. <laughs> Saints, we have to learn to add to our faith self-control. Learn to yield to the Holy Spirit in those moments and allow him to take you through the process where you and I, and I'm saying this to myself also, where you and I learn to take a step back and analyze before we respond. Take a moment. Can I have an amen? Just take a moment. Say, okay, let me me get myself together before I respond. And that means, let me get myself, ooh, I feel this right now. Let me get myself together doesn't mean that you, you take 10 seconds. It may mean that you need to take two days. Can I have an amen before you respond? Sometimes it takes a day or two to get your system right. I'm not going to bring this up. I don't want to talk about this. I'm going to wait. Because I'm still trying to kill that old man daily. We learn to take a step back. And just relax. And say, okay, Holy Spirit, help me with this. How should I respond? You can never go wrong by asking the Holy Spirit to help you to respond the right way. Can I have an amen, y'all? If we're going to be fruitful in the knowledge of who he is and in life in general, we have to have self-control. He says, self and to self-control, patience or perseverance. Okay, this word here in the Greek, perseverance, it means to bear up under. It means patience, endurance as to things or circumstances. We have to add this to our faith. Oftentimes when we're walking with Jesus, he doesn't tell us about all the valleys. 
He may tell us a lot about the peaks, but he doesn't always tell us all about the valleys. And sometimes we start heading into a valley. We start heading into a tough moment, into a tough area of our lives. And it's our patience and perseverance that helps us to get through those moments. And it is a sign that you really do have faith. When you're able to bear up under circumstances that are not favorable, you're able to have endurance as to things and circumstances. It's a sign that you have faith. Abraham displayed this kind of faith. Moses displayed this kind of faith. David experienced this kind of faith and displayed it. Daniel displayed this kind of faith. People like Jeremiah, where they had to sit back and watch life's ups and downs take their course, but yet and still hang on to God and stay committed and to stay faithful and to have patience and perseverance as they went through tough moments. And then God always rewards on the other side. Thank you for joining us for Times of Refreshing with Pastor Napoleon Kaufman. This program is a production of The Well Christian Community, and we pray this message has blessed you in a special way. If it has, please let us know by contacting us today. You can write to us at The Well Christian Community, 2333 Neeson Drive. We're here in Livermore. The zip code is 94551. You can also contact us by phone at 925 925- 292-7800. That's 925-292-7800. Learn more about us as well as drop us an email at our website, thewellchurch.net. Again, that's thewellchurch.net. On our website, you can also click on the link to access our page on Facebook or search for The Well Christian Community while you're on Facebook. You can also follow Pastor on Twitter with the address at Napoleon Kaufman. All one word. And then we would invite you to join us again next time as we continue our studies in God's Word for times of refreshing. Until then, may Jesus Christ be highly exalted in your life, and may He bring you a peace that passes all understanding. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.